This week on Business Brief, we'll take a look at the Kansas City startup crawl and the state of hiring for entrepreneurs. Then we'll hear about the growth of pickleball and how one college student has gone pro in the sport. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alerts podcast focused on business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Braden Wade, and I am joined by my co-host, Katie Quinn. Katie, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. I just got back from vacation in New York City, but I'm excited to be back at work and be a full-time host for Business Brief. How are you? New York. Must have been nice to leave Missouri. I'm doing pretty good. I just went to Mexico, Missouri for the first time this week, and I started my classes. That sounds like a fun reporting trip. Now, I think it's time for headlines. What do you think? Definitely. After 15 months of interest rate hikes, the Federal Reserve Bank is taking a break. Fed officials left their target interest rate unchanged at a meeting this week. The Fed's rate increases have led to higher borrowing costs across the economy, but have also slowed inflation, which has fallen significantly from a peak last summer. Central bank officials signaled that they could raise rates at their next meeting in July as they try to reduce inflation to their 2% target rate. New government data from May shows inflation is cooling, price increases for both consumers and producers slowed last month, and for Social Security beneficiaries, the cost of living adjustment next year may be lower due to some prices going down. The Senior Citizens League estimates that the increase could be 2.7% in 2024 based on the latest consumer price index. Grain company Bungie has agreed to acquire Dutch company Viterra for about $18 billion in a deal that would create an agriculture giant. The acquisition would give Chesterfield-based Bungie scale similar to rival grain traders like Cargill and Archer Daniels Midland. The combined company would keep its headquarters in the St. Louis area. The deal still requires shareholder approval and is likely to face regulatory scrutiny. The University of Missouri Athletics Department posted record revenue in its most recent fiscal year. The department brought in more than $141 million in 2022, and it operated at a surplus for the first time in six years. Despite that record haul, MU ranked near the bottom of the Southeastern Conference for revenue. Alabama led the conference, bringing in more than $214 million last year. Senator Eric Schmidt of Missouri is co-sponsoring a bipartisan bill to expand financial help for military spouses seeking new jobs. The Department of Defense currently aids spouses of active military members by reimbursing, relicensing, recertification, and business costs when they relocate for a new assignment. For our next story, we welcome Missouri Business Alert reporter Anna Sago. Anna, thanks so much for joining me. Happy to be here. You did some reporting recently on Missouri startups. Tell me about that. In Kansas City, the startup crawl returned for the first time since before the pandemic. The startup crawl is a tabling event for startups. Local entrepreneurs set up booths across the Power and Light District and network with each other, the community, and business support organizations. We went to the crawl to talk to as many startups as we could and get a sense of how they're responding to tech layoffs, recession predictions, and everyday challenges. Interesting. So let's start with the tech layoffs. What did you hear from the entrepreneurs you spoke with? Well, several big tech companies kicked off the year with layoffs. The cuts have cost tens of thousands of jobs across the U.S., but for most of the companies we spoke with, the effects have been minimal to even positive. Spencer Claiborne, who works for software consulting company Meridian Business, even managed to see the silver lining in layoffs. No, I think it's a great time to get a job at a startup. Uh, I mean, you, you see a lot of these layoffs in big technology companies. That's 
fantastic news because that means that there are tons of people who have finally been let go of the shackles of their cushy corporate, you know, Facebook jobs or whatever, and now have the opportunity to really dream and grow. So you both see new ventures being created, uh, and you see organizations like ours uh, really getting a shot at some of this top-tier talent that used to kind of that for the last few years had just kind of been hoovered up by the gigantic tech firms. So. There's also been a lot of talk about potentially entering a recession. Is that something business owners are thinking about? Most weren't too concerned. Actually, Liam Riley, a principal at venture capital firm KC Rise Fund, says that the recession might actually be good news for investors and startups alike. Um, some of the best businesses are built during economic downturns. Um, I don't know the exact reason, but I think there's probably something about capital efficiency, identifying problems, transition, etc. You know, is it fair to say that startups seemed pretty optimistic? Definitely. All of the entrepreneurs that we talked to were excited for the future, grateful for the resources available in Kansas City, and excited to interact with other businesses and the public at the startup crawl. That's not to say that being an entrepreneur is easy, though. What are some of the challenges? Entrepreneurship is a very different path than working in a traditional job, and the founders that we spoke to reflected that. Some common themes were loneliness, poor work-life balance, and a strong sense of perfectionism. Taylor Burris, co-founder of a digital art incubator called the AI Hub, said that having a life outside of work can be a struggle. This is not a 9-to-5 job. Entrepreneurship is a 24-7 all the time. When you're constantly working in your business and then you transition to working on your business, you realize that when people see you in public, you are the business. Sometimes they forget you all are also a person I need to sleep and rest and eat and and hang out with my child. So what are entrepreneurs doing to combat these sorts of challenges? Several business owners mentioned community building resources like the Startup Crawl, fellowships, and other opportunities. Founding a company is definitely a unique career path, but people said that the entrepreneurship community in Kansas City is welcoming and always open to networking. Here's Spencer Claiborne from Meridian Business again, reflecting on that networking. You know, it's a really small community. Uh, most people will pick up the phone, most people will respond to emails, and I have, uh, I have not found a business leader who is not interested or willing to go out to lunch or coffee and, 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 and get to know us. Anna, I really appreciate you coming to talk with me today. Sure thing. And for more coverage of the startup crawl and Kansas City startups, find Anna's story on MissouriBusinessAlert.com. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited about this next story. And what's it about? Pickleball. Pickleball? Yeah. It's a growing sport across the nation. People are playing it everywhere, including myself. And what does it have to do with business? Missouri is building courts to keep up with demand, and people are paying for the latest equipment. Missouri Business Alert's Thomas Gleason spoke with college student-turned-professional pickleball player Dylan Frazier about his experience with the sport. Here's the story. On a sunny late spring day at a Columbia Country Club, pickleball players hit the ball back and forth, mixing in smashes and drop shots. Dylan Frazier stands beside the pickleball courts, wearing a gray t-shirt displaying his sponsor's logos on the chest and sleeve. Frazier is laid back as he talks with the club pro. The University of Missouri senior began playing pickleball with his mom and dad for fun at age 14. But after playing in a show-me pickleball club tournament in Columbia, Frazier wanted to see just how good he could get. Within a few years, he became a top player in the world, playing on professional tours, earning money, and garnering sponsorships. 
but the sports professional scene is relatively new. It wasn't until 2019 that two major pickleball professional tours were founded, giving players a place to play professional pickleball. Now the tours run tournaments across the country. The 21-year-old has grown with the sport. Today, he is the seventh-ranked player in the world in men's singles and doubles play, according to one ranking. And he has sponsorships from a pickleball equipment maker and a chain of pickleball entertainment venues. I read that you turned pro in 2020. What tours did you join and what went into turning pro? Uh, but when I first started, it really playing pro or turning pro just means that you were paying the pro the pro level entry fee. Like if anybody that paid, you didn't have to qualify or have a certain level or ranking or anything. If you just paid the the entry fee, you could play at the pro level. Um, now now that's it's a it's a little more strict. Like you have to you have to be a certain level to be able to get to that point to to pay the entry fee. But it used to be you know if you if you paid you could play um, as long as they could have your money. But uh, yeah, now now it's it's overtime. It's 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 getting a little more professional about the the way they go about it. They have like qualifying draws and points draws now to qualify for the main bracket. So the barrier to entry is a little bit higher now. I know that there's winnings, there's purses, and you get money if you win. How has that changed since you've been on tour? Yeah, it's gone up significantly over the, especially the last couple. I mean, since I've started playing, like pickleball as a whole has just been growing at a rapid rate. But especially the last two years, the in terms of prize money and and players being able to make a living out of playing pickleball, it's it's improved dramatically. Um, you know, when I first I like to I like to tell the story. I tell the story often. But when I first started playing, I was playing you know for medals and, and t-shirts. Like if you won, maybe you got a t-shirt or, or a gold medal now. But but now if you win, it's like it's like a big deal and, and you and you get paid and and you can do it for a living and. Um, part of your part of your earnings on the year depend on how well you do at these tournaments. So a lot of players, um, more so like if you're at the top level, like you have to be in the top ten, I'd say, to to make a living out of pickleball right now. At least just playing pickleball by itself. Like a lot of players will supplement their earnings from from playing on the tour with uh, teaching clinics and and doing private lessons and, and stuff like that. But but it's getting to a point where players are are just transitioning to playing exclusively. Yeah, because the yeah because the prize purses are going up. The players are getting appearance fees and and money from sponsors now. Um, mostly paddle sponsors are the biggest ones. How did you get your sponsorship? Did Selkirk come to you and try to sell you their paddle or? Um, I was actually initially inside uh, signed with Onyx, which is a, a, another paddle company in the sport right now. Like when I first started playing on the Pro Tour, I was maybe not getting on the podium that consistently, but then I started getting on the podium pretty consistently and I was you know my level was rising um and so when my on my uh contract with Onyx expired I hired an agent um named Patrick and and he kind of did some some negotiating for me with all the other paddle companies and so they sent me some paddles to try out and and we were talking a little bit and um Selkirk I really like the Selkirk paddle and they, they've got great people and they've got a big team and they're super innovative so I thought that that would be a good place to land do you have any idea how much money you've made in prize money? Yeah, I do. Um, I'll just say, I guess I'll just say it's 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 enough to to make a living out of, and and enough to make me, you know, consider that maybe dropping a, a couple classes for for the semester. And people are just spending more more and more time on pickleball, and 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 people are quitting their jobs to to play pickleball full time. And so I figured if I'm going to keep up with the competition, I got to start making the same sacrifices. And so I'm not taking full full semesters worth of classes right now, but I am taking a couple so that. You never know how big the or how long the window is going to last for pickleball. So if, if things go south or or I, I I fall off the the top level players, then then I have a degree to fall back on. But hopefully pickleball is uh, the long term the long term deal right now. Do you ever just sit back and think, Wow, I'm the seventh ranked player in the world right now? 
or is it more like I got to keep fighting, I got to get better every day? It's definitely cool, and I definitely appreciate um, where I'm at right now. But at the same time, I try not to ever become too content because I feel like if you become content with where you are, then you kind of lose some motivation. Are you ready for the words of the week? Yeah, I am. Let's get into it. So, my word is farm bill. And what's the significance of that? Well, the Farm Bill is a package of legislation that has an impact on farming livelihoods, how food is grown, and what kinds of foods are grown, covering programs for crop insurance for farmers, healthy food access for low-income families, and beginner farming training as well, ultimately setting the stage for our food and farm systems. It gets updated every five years, so it's always something new. Gotcha. And how would it affect Missourians? It's a massive spending package that helps Missourians with the drought and put towards more sustainable farming infrastructures. Missouri farmers have told Missouri Business Alert that crop insurance and preservation are important items for this round. All right, Katie, that's everything on my end. And so what's yours? So my word of the week is zombie mortgage. I think you're going to have to help me out here. What's a zombie mortgage? A zombie mortgage is an old mortgage that the customer believed to be forgiven or long forgotten. Then the debt collector comes back to haunt the customer with an unpaid mortgage in hand. Wait, so homeowners think that their past mortgage is resolved only for debt collectors to come after them years later? Exactly. It's often happening to people who took out a second mortgage before the 2008 recession. Home values have skyrocketed since then, making properties and those mortgages valuable again. For our closing thought, we're going back to the startup crawl. Here's Sarah Hill, founder of the startup Helium, talking about her relationship-based approach to finding talent. We're always hiring throughout the year among the people that we meet. We meet someone who's interesting, they have a unique skill set, and we think, huh, I'm going to keep that relationship going because, you know, when we do have an opening, they might be a good fit for that. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for the music for this episode. For my co-host, Braden Wade, I'm Kitty Quinn, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.